In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. What would you do if Jesus was too late and your brother died? Lord, if you had been here. But then he asked you anyway to trust him. I'm the resurrection and the life. Do you believe this? And then you see him cry, weep, sob, because the sting of death is affecting him as much as it is affecting you. And then you go to the tomb, which eerily foreshadows his own tomb. And even though it's been four days, and it's going to stink, it's going to reek, he says, roll away the stone. And then he says, Lazarus, come out. And he does. We've all probably had someone that we dearly love die, and we know that grief and that pain. So put yourself into this story. What would you do? If Jesus did this for your loved one, what would you do? Well, we know what they did. John in his gospel tells us in the next chapter, it says this, they gave a dinner for Jesus. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those reclining with him at table. Mary, therefore, took a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. I mean, get the scene. Martha, who's the hostess with the mostess, right? I mean, she's putting on a party, a sumptuous feast. And there's her brother Lazarus alive, and he's sitting with Jesus. And I can just imagine his awe-filled, grateful gaze just fixed in on Jesus, watching his every move, listening to his every word. And then there's Mary, who takes what was probably a year's salary worth of expensive perfume, and she pours it out on the feet of Jesus and then mops it up with her beautiful hair. And that opulent aroma fills the whole house. That's what they did. They generously pour out their gratitude on Jesus. And he receives it. He receives their love and their generosity. But do you see what's really happening here? Actually, it's Jesus' feast. He takes what they're offering to him, and then he becomes the host. What John is giving to us here is like a little thumbnail sketch of heaven. I mean, think about it. It's a lavish feast. The sweet aroma of praise and gratitude rising up, and everyone's there, seated at the table with Jesus, with each other, and we're alive. Friends, this is a little glimpse of the resurrection and the life to come. But it's just a glimpse, right? Because Lazarus was merely resuscitated. He came back to earthly life, and and he would die again. What is it that Jesus gives us? That's what next week is about. As we enter into Holy Week, we will walk with Jesus into Jerusalem. We'll go to the upper room, out to the Garden of Gethsemane and to his cross, and then to his tomb. And Jesus would go on to say that what, what Mary did, this extravagant anointing, was to prepare him for his burial. He lets it soak in. He, he saturates himself with, with our death. With our death. 
and he takes the stench of our death and he seals it in his own tomb along with our, our fear and our grief and our pain. But he is the resurrection and the life. Our Lord is the God who rolls stones away from tombs, including his own. And can you smell it? It is the sweet fragrance of life, of his life. It doesn't just fill a house. It fills the world. It floods our hearts. He drenches us with the sweet perfume of his life. Friends, let that soak into you. Let that saturate you. He is the resurrection and the life, and on the last day, he will raise you up to live forever. Do you believe this? And if you do, then in your gratitude, what do you want to do? We heard what Mary and Martha and Lazarus did for a mere resuscitation. We get resurrection. Together, we'll live forever. This entire Lent, we have been asking the Holy Spirit to set our hearts on fire. He ignites those hearts with the power of Jesus' resurrection. Think about the things we've been talking about. Go all the way back to the beginning of Lent. We started with our gratitude. It's the resurrection that ignites our gratitude because we're gonna rise and we're gonna live forever and together. It's the resurrection that ignites our courage. What do we have to be afraid of? Coronavirus? A a crashing economy? Death itself? No way. We're gonna live forever. It is his resurrection that ignites our desire. We want everyone to know about the resurrection and the hope that we have. We want to love Jesus above everything and we want to love everyone Jesus loves. It is his resurrection that ignites our vision because beyond the dark, gloomy clouds that are hanging over us right now, oh yeah, we have a very bright future. And what the Holy Spirit then does today, friends, is he takes all of these gifts He takes our gratitude, our our courage, our our desire, our vision, and today he ignites our generosity. Like Mary and Martha and and, and Lazarus, we now offer to Jesus, we pour out our generosity on Jesus. And you know what he does? He takes it, he takes it, and then what does he do? He spreads a feast. You know, that's what the ministry of his church is all about, about laying out a lavish feast and everyone is invited. Everyone, your friends, your neighbors, our whole community, the whole world, we're all invited to this feast, to this little taste of heaven. And we all need a little bit of heaven right now, don't we? I know, as I said at the beginning, this is a crazy time to make a generosity commitment. Things are scary and they're unknown. But I think it's why it's the best time. Because if anything is going to come out of what we offer Jesus, it's going to because, be because of what he does with it. And when you think about it, that's what he always does. And we've been here before in our own Trinity story. And those of you who go back a few years, you might remember this. That when 9-11 happened, we were just about ready to break ground on our new Lutheran school. And then it happened. 
and it was just as scary, and there were so many unknowns. Were there going to be more terrorist attacks? What was going to happen to the economy? And we didn't know, and we wondered if we should just sort of stop right there and kind of wait and see. But the Holy Spirit gave us the same gifts then. He gave us that gratitude and courage and desire and vision and generosity, and we stepped forward, and we broke ground on our school, and then we built our school. And what I would like you to think about is this, that ever since then, the impact that has been made on hundreds, literally hundreds of people who have come to that place, and then from that place, the impact they've made as they've gone out into our world. I'd like you to think about who God has made us to be right now as his people. We are the result of the decisions, the faith decisions they made, the courage that they had, and the grace God gave them then and throughout the years of our Trinity story and family. It's our turn, friends. It's our turn to step forward in faith. The Holy Spirit will give us these very same gifts. He is. He gives us these things, and he gives us even more. Let's do this. Let's step forward in faith. Let's ignite this decade for Jesus. Would you go ahead and grab that commitment card now and your candle, and if you want, go ahead and light it as we watch this.